Hey guys, this is Meredith. Just wanted to give you a heads up that in this episode, we talk about eating disorders, disordered eating, and body image. Wanted to let you know in case you have a boundary around these things. If not, I hope you enjoy. Life Cycles Period Podcast. Howell. And I'm Rachel Carter. And this is Life Cycles. The Period Podcast. A podcast where we talk about life cycles <laughs> and our periods. This week's episode, we are discussing image. image. That's right. You heard it from the cow's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about image. Image. External, internal, perceived. Because nothing's really objective. <laughs> social image the like i dig because we want to and we're the bosses of ourselves so <laughs> take it up with us if you don't like it <laughs> okay oh geez <laughs> we're gonna be talking about image very soon image image but first we need to talk about <laughs> Why? <laughs> Just in a real giggling mood. I know it's really silly. Um, uh, but first, we must open up with our various serious segment called <laughs> Moon Moments. Moments where we connect with our phase of our menstrual cycle <laughs> and the phase of the moon. <laughs> I can't. If we had any sense at all, we'd stop and re-record, but we right? shall not. I like the vulnerability of it. My goal is to do this whole thing and never re-record. Really? Yeah, don't you think? But we already broke the first rule because we re-recorded our first episode. Okay, that was because we were like, hi, I'm Meredith, and I'm Rachel, <laughs> so my cervical mucus, <laughs> we, like, we started and then we stopped and we're like, hold up no one knows who we are we just immediately got into cervical mucus so i'm not counting that one uh, okay fair all right so my phase of my menstrual cycle right now is unclear to me Ooh, interesting i've been charting my darn cycle for four cycles now and you know not sure if i'm ovulating I think I talked about that on the last yeah. episode. You're still not sure? Uh, I really need to finish reading the book. Very excited to talk to my friend Natalie. Yes. And basically show her all my charts and be like, tell me what's wrong with me. Pick her brain. Or tell me what's right with me. Or just tell me, tell me how what's you're me. feeling today. <laughs> but um, uh, so I'm either still in the follicular phase, about to ovulate. But I don't think I am because I don't have any cervical fluid. Uh, been a little bit dry lately can't say uh can't say my underwear is mad <laughs> um so maybe that means i'm in the luteal i could see that yeah so you're just in uncharted waters but very fucking charted let me <laughs> <laughs> like, no, i'm like it's very charted I it's just, so charted I just, that it's somehow become uncharted i just don't know what the chart means <laughs> 
I mean, I do, but it's unclear. So, anyway, what about you, Rach? There you go. So, I'm definitely in the Lulu phase. Oh, how do you know? Just because I feel like a sack of poo. Oh. And I've been eating so much. Good for you. So much, dude. Mm. So, my new thing has been those... um ice cream sandwiches or two chocolate chip cookies with ice cream and like <sighs> chips in the middle i miss ice cream i know and i was really enjoying my life i was really enjoying everything that those were bringing to me mm-hmm. and then one day michael went in the freezer and he's like these are 490 calories each mm, that's such and a- just really went and shit all over that party <laughs> so, pooper. So so every time i have one i'm like these are 490 calories each so i'm cutting them in half Ugh. Which, like, a half is not enough. But no. so that was the first sign where I was like, Ludeals is you. Yeah. And then I'm supposed to get my period next week, like, next Wednesday. Okay. So exactly a week from today. You know, yeah. Well, um, I hold space for that. Thank you. Rachel calls the Ludeal phase the Poodial phase. The Poodial. Because you just feel like poo. I don't. I, you don't? I mean, maybe I do. I do. I feel like very lazy that's fair and tired yeah and all i want to do is like sit on the couch and watch shows i don't even want to watch i'm on episode six of game of thrones i don't even want to be watching it yeah but i just want to be sitting on the couch and just like being a blob you should try try zentangle it's very fun i know meredith was showing me some of her what is it zentangle like a rectangle like sure (laughs) triangle it's like doodles, but they're like patterns that. But they're you... actually really cool. Thank you. They were cooler than I expected. By the name Zentangle, it wasn't, yeah. you know. But the point is that that's like a meditative pattern. I know. I need to channel it into something more productive, maybe. No, you don't. The point of Zentangle is not to be productive. <laughs> it's to just like. Just something more just than to... watching shows I don't want to watch. You know what? I gave you unsolicited advice, and I'm sorry. You fucking watch those shows. I know. Or don't watch them as you watch them. Whatever it is you're doing. <laughs> and just embrace. Embrace the poo deal. Embrace the poo. Yeah. I'm definitely in it for sure. Good for you. Yeah. Okay. So where's the moon? Thanks for asking, Rachel. It's in <laughs> <laughs> Today on Friday, April 26th, a.k.a my partner and i's five month anniversary oh cute that's Isn't nuts that sweet it is cute young love you know once you get to a point where you're just like oh you're here and i think before then five months is like oh you're here and it's cute right it's really cute Thank are you guys you. gonna do anything i don't just know. be in love probably so anyway back to the moon oh yeah wait meredith please tell me about the moon <laughs> thank you for asking <laughs> um on friday April 26th, it's a third quarter moon in Aquarius. Meaning, now is a time where we have transitioned from waning gibbous to waning crescent. (laughs) And the energy is starting to fade. The light is starting to dull. We must reorient, revise, surrender, and realign from the seeds we planted with the new moon. What does this look like, you ask? Well, Aquarius. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> you can tell I've been at home alone all day. Yeah. Um, Get all the characters out, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So 
Aquarius is like um <laughs> okay I'm just kidding Aquarius is humanity okay it's the collective conscious it's technology it's our life's purpose you know the genius in us that's here to serve the greatest good it's about groups and organizations and innovation right Ooh. so it's kind of a time emotionally to just you know realign and reorient with and surrender to innovation like surrender to the new um it might be a time of like mental tension or anxiety because Aquarius is fixed air, but it's also outer space, right? Uranus rules astrology and um, astrology and Uranus. When Uranus was discovered in 1782, things, you know, it was a big innovation that anything was past Saturn. I like how you call it Uranus. Yeah, because that's the way you say I it. I know. I just, I hang out with a bunch of nugs all day and they all laugh and call it Uranus. Okay. So I'm just... Well. How dare you make this humorous? No, I'm appreciating it. I just have never heard someone call it that, and I like it a little bit better. Thank you. Well, that was cool. So, yeah, it's like uh, it's a time to really hang out with your friends and your life's purpose. You're going to be feeling a little bit less energized and kind of start to lean into, like, what, what part of your mind needs to transform or where in your mental structures can you let go a little yeah. bit? Depending on where Aquarius is in your chart, that would add information. But this is an astrology reading, so <laughs> get over yourself. <laughs> anyway, that's been another segment of Moon, Moon Moments. I'm into it. Me too. So now let's get into a very serious topic. Oh, yeah. Let's break it down. We're going to talk about image. image. What's your first thoughts on image? So when we first, when we were brainstorming about this episode, I immediately thought of body image. Me too. And the reason I thought of body image is because throughout my life, I have had many phases or cycles with my relationship to my bod. Me too. And... Take us back to like the, okay, so like the first point where you can connect that you developed your own thoughts on your body or... We're susceptible to other people's thoughts about your body. I was in the pool. I was wearing a Beauty and the Beast bathing suit. Whoa. <laughs> it was pink. I looked down at my belly and thought, oh, it's a belly. And then I started sucking it in. How old were you? Mm, maybe like eight. Okay. Maybe, maybe younger. Huh. Not sure. I can't remember the age. How about you? I feel like it's weird because I hadn't thought about this until well, right now, you know, questions. so it's like a real, yeah. yeah. Answer um, it. I feel like I probably first thought about it around the same time, like eight or nine. Like growing up, I'm the oldest of four girls. And so my second oldest sister was always like so thin. She would wear like zeros and double zeros and stuff like that. And I remember being very conscious of how thin she was in comparison to me and that was really young that's probably like eight or nine definitely in fourth grade when i was dorothy in the wizard of oz chorus Aww. concert but there was four other dorothy's because they she couldn't just give the solo to one of us yeah that makes sense we all were trying on dorothy dresses and like i remember sh the teacher asking us for our sizes and i remember mine being the biggest size and then feeling like a certain way about it but then i also got the coolest dorothy dress so oh yeah <laughs> i was also fine with it but 
it definitely I would say by third grade was on my mind it's so weird how we okay so we talk about image and each of us have like significant but also very insignificant moments yeah that come to mind immediately like I remember one Christmas I was sitting next to the Christmas tree my grandma was like we need someone to get the presents from like the back from like the far back and I was like I'll do it I'm sitting right here she's like you can't do it you'll never fit I remember I was probably like 13 or 14 Mm. I remember like thinking about that for like years after being like oh you'll never fit Mm -hmm. but then like there you know such a small moment that your grandma probably (laughs) didn't even like she didn't I don't think she thought anything of it where it like impacted you for years yeah yeah I would say that because of the programming of our of what society deems attractive um which i would say is like thin that's like the first thing yeah fat phobia and fat shaming is like the crux of our society along with like racism and shit yeah a whole bag of goodies yeah and um let's say tall i'd almost say blonde is preferred too i think because it's like not as common yeah but also like whiteness i think oh yeah for sure you know you know is it preferred I mean, it's it's what's told to yeah. us is preferred. Yeah, right? exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um, like skin, I think is a big part of it. Like yeah, clear skin, acne, things mm-hmm. like that. Which is funny because you think like I remember in high school when I would get acne, I would be like, "Thank God this won't happen to me when I'm older." <laughs> and it's like it's all yeah. it's just no one tells you it's just always going to happen, right? Like I'm almost you know I'm in my late twenties and I'm still dealing with that word. But, um, yeah, I would say that, like, I would say by middle school, I was, like, obsessive about my body. By middle school, for sure. I would agree. I mean, maybe a little bit older. I feel like maybe freshman year. Because we've both kind of contorted and made this idea of image really damaging to ourselves at one point. Oh, yeah. Big time. Which, like, I feel like I, I was... I for a while I suffered from anorexia and that mm. was probably sophomore year of high school and that would be like days without eating like I would get Ugh. like lightheaded I would like drink water and I was obsessed with what I was eating what I wasn't eating and that's so weird because that idea now is like so audacious we're just so like susceptible oh yeah I mean at that point I think for me personally and maybe for other people i just had a lot of anxiety as a child and as a kid growing up um but i didn't know that that's i didn't know i had anxiety especially because pretty sure everyone in my family also had anxiety like undiagnosed yeah and that's just like excess like mental energy right like it's just like hypersensitivity and especially when you're young it's hard to like know what to do with that energy well and and process what in at the time because i i had a program of self-hate and like of not um you know not meeting up to the standards i was seeing on tv or from you know my you know the media essentially or other girls at school or whatever that like it was just an easy thing to channel my anxiety into trying to control and fix myself. So I too had like very disordered eating. Yeah. Um, that I just like 
reframed as like trying to eat healthy quote unquote i did the same thing and like yeah i remember i spent like my whole summer before eighth grade just like in the gym like trying to lose weight which is just like funny because like looking back i was like you you were Uh, like regular a beautiful normal like like you were just growing up like you like i you know i'm five eight now like i needed that to like grow yeah and also like there's nothing wrong with being fat you know like i think that's been a big thing now where i am is like having to really assess and reprogram because fat shaming and fat phobia is so prominent as in our country and in like the culture and in the media that it's just taken like conscious effort to remember that all bodies are beautiful they all serve a purpose they all like are beautiful in their own ways yeah we like briefly talked about that concept and that's still like a mentality i struggle with like i have a hard time being like fat is beautiful Mm -hmm. and we're like kind of trying to figure out where that like stems from i would say it's definitely programming i think a big part of it is like societal programming and i also think a big part of it is like personal experience and what i've been exposed to mm-hmm. i'd say that makes sense because for a long time i tell myself like okay like if you're fat or if you're overweight that equated to like not respecting yourself so if you don't respect yourself how can i respect you mm. But that's also like a program that has been fed to us like about what it means to have self-respect, what it means to be healthy, right? Yeah. Like people like to like, like, you know, say that like, oh, well, I care about your weight because I care about your health. But like the two don't necessarily go hand in hand. Like that's something that we've been like taught and programmed that's like just not true. Yeah. Like I have a lot of people in my life who are fat, who exercise regularly, eat well, like well, everyone is built like so different. Have like have like great blood work, you know? Yeah. And so it's just like it was I feel like that like n- that narrative of like, oh, if you're fat, you're not healthy was just like a program put there to support fat shaming because honestly, capitalism, like if you love yourself for who you are, you're not going to go out and you know buy these gym memberships or like go out there and buy like you know laxative teas and you know you're not going to spend all of this money trying to fix yourself you're just going to be cool with who you are and then the machine doesn't win you know yeah because i almost like as i still like struggle with that concept i turn it around i'm like okay like you've gotten me obsessed with this idea of mirrors so it's like if i can sit there and be like to me like fat doesn't equate healthy I'm like okay like where have I been told to think that or where have I told myself to think that and I'm mm-hmm. almost like huh where where did I get told like you know the more I have come to love myself the more acceptance and compassion I have for people I meet for other people yeah and I would say that I probably didn't because so I was like I had like disordered eating then I became a vegan for like five and a half years basically just so I could be healthy but really just to have like an even like more 
fine-tuned way to, co- to of control. have to have control. I think that's why a lot of people, and I'm not going to speak for everyone, but at least for myself, when I had an eating disorder, I think a big part of my mindset was like, I can control this. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was 15, 14, whatever it was. I couldn't control what school I went to, or you know, different things like that. But I had total control over like what I ate. Like my mom could go grocery shopping I could pack a lunch but I could like come to school and throw it out and like no one had to know that like but me yeah I think a lot of it stems back to control great which to me is a direct connection to anxiety because like if you're at peace you're cool you're cool to just surrender you know Mm -hmm. if you have anxiety it's like oh like I need to know like what's going to happen and how I'm going to control it and blah 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 yeah because it's so nuts I think like anxiety is something people close in my life have struggled with and really, for a long time, I, like, made fun of it. Aww. I know. In a way that I totally didn't understand where I'd be like, you know, when people are anxious, you'd be like, just chill. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, why don't they get that? Like, why don't they just chill? And then people, you know, close in my life struggled with anxiety recently. And it just kind of struck me in a way where I was like, holy shit. Like, it's not that easy. Like, no. if it were that easy they would change it and I've even like experienced like minute mm-hmm. symptoms of anxiety which I think have changed as I've gotten older chances are you are probably experiencing anxiety and you found a way to cope with it and not like recognizing it maybe right so maybe the ability to hold space for that and others wasn't there because you couldn't hold space for it within yeah. yourself I used to just like make fun of people with anxiety and be like okay calm down right and then you know but that's probably what that's probably the narrative you were telling yourself was like yeah i could totally see that get over it Rachel. well and kind of like what you talked about too at one point when you kind of learn to love yourself like we were trying to pinpoint where in life we were mm-hmm. like okay i love myself and i would say like mentally i loved myself at like 25 mm-hmm. and physically I love myself at 27. Okay. Yeah. So you're still like, yeah, you're still, you were still integrating. It's like co- yeah. cognitively you understood, but it had to like, you had to start making those neural pathways like in your body. And all the reprogramming, like you said, cause I had about where I was like obsessed with working out and we, we've talked about this. It was like maybe 150 days where I like never missed a beat. I was obsessed with what I was eating. I felt like I looked good. Like I was really proud of like the body I was making. But in those same spaces, I was like mentally abusing myself if I didn't. Mm-hmm. Like if I missed a workout, like I think I told you that one time I had that crazy migraine. I went home and was like, I got to work out. I got to figure out like how I can still work out. I remember you calling me out on that. You were like, or you could just not. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, dude, that's totally an option. And so then after that whole space kind of took side I fell back in love with yoga which is something I've done for years and when I was working out like crazy I was like yoga's you know like it's too slow it's not like building muscle it's not doing these things fast enough was like my whole thing and so the second I got over that whole phase and I started doing yoga again just like really like Mm. feeling every inch of yourself and like pushing into these stretches and being like oh my god just like and all of the things where you're just like really present Mm -hmm. with your body I think that's kind of helped me in a lot of ways fall in love with myself physically that's so interesting that you say that because that was also I think part of my journey like I was vegan for five and a half years 
but really like did just like it wasn't great and then (laughs) after that I started eating meat and dairy products again and I started lifting like oh yeah and got really into lifting like first like bodybuilding then powerlifting I would say that was like maybe two years that I did that super strong could lift like 280 pounds whatever but still like again like that just like that control like it was just a way to like sculpt my body or like I like counted macros which is like how many fats carbs proteins you know it was just like very meticulous it was just like a more socially acceptable way of disordered eating and then I signed up for yoga which I had done in college and like just lost sight of like even when I was working out same thing was just like I just like can't do it can't get into it and then once I started doing yoga again yeah like I was like I'm gonna like and I stopped lifting I was like I'm gonna lose my butt like I'm gonna (laughs) lose like all these muscles but I was also at this place where like I was reading a lot of Brene Brown and like going to therapy and I was just like all right like you've got to learn to love yourself as your body like changes like as you lose the butt that you've you know created from squats and deadlifts and yeah and then I would say I had my spiritual awakening in 2017 like that's when like it just got even deeper where it was like I stopped wearing makeup I cut off all my hair like I and you like killed it because that was when I first met you when I was just like cut off all your hair and I was like holy shit dude you're killing it I was like if I can if I can love myself like this you know like then I love like I have to be able to love myself even though I'm I look different than how I've like looked my yeah. you know my whole young adult life of like trying to be hot trying to be cool blah 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 I was oh like my God, I'm just yeah. not trying to be anything I'm just gonna like really root into who I am and so at, I'd say at, I'm 29 now I'm gonna be turning 30 at the end of the year and so I'd say yeah like it's been you know what is that two years of just yeah. really like rooting into like hey my body has phases sometimes sometimes it looks this way sometimes it looks that way I gotta just like root into loving myself the whole way through and really trying for me now to focus more on like how I'm feeling like do I feel calm Agreed. do I feel joy like do I feel at peace or it's like or do I feel anxious do I feel yeah recognizing that yeah it's funny how we all have like a phase where we're like trying to be hot like I like specifically I think for a year became obsessed with um winged eyeliner Mm. and so constantly that's like my makeup was constantly done and it was constantly winged eyeliner and I was one of my biggest physical insecurities in myself for a long time were my eyebrows because I had like eyebrows like they started and then just like stopped and so I'd like draw them in and I was so terrified anytime I would go out of like the idea of like sweat or like water happening because mm. then that would like compromise the face I had like built and this is when I was like dating this guy him and I became obsessed with like cycling mm. and we'd be riding bikes for hours and I would like bring a makeup bag with me just so I could fix my winged eyeliner just so I could make sure my eyebrows didn't like melt off I remember one time we went and did this like um it's called Cyclovia it's like this cycling event in Tucson and we went down there and it was pouring rain and my first thought was like, oh, my God, like people are going to see me without eyebrows like and it ruined the whole day. Ugh. Something that's so stupid. Oh, but I've had I've had so many moments like that. Right. I, I remember sacrificing my own joy 
for my own anxiety. But like, that's kind of what anxiety does, you know? And so like, it's really interesting. Like I hold space for everyone where they're at in their journey. I just, I also hold a vision of everyone finding that place of like peace and compassion for themselves. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, it, it literally, I think the reason why yoga was probably such a part of our healing process is because it literally helps you release like energy that's stuck in your body that's stagnant yeah and that stuck energy produce it like that stagnant energy like causes imbalance and imbalance is going to cause anxiety it's going to cause like digestive health problems it's just like any that's like that's chinese medicine theory that's like you know ayurveda is like it's all about balance and so it makes sense to me that like something like yoga um was part of our journey i agree you know that's something i was thinking about when you were talking was there a person outside of yourself that played a big role in you falling in love with yourself hmm. like was it like could you pinpoint like a relationship or a family member like do you think that journey of self-exploration comes completely internal or do you think there's external factors that also play into that internal growth well, so Brene Brown, reading her books, was like, gave me a lexicon for like vulnerability and self-love. Like the light switch turned on kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, she was basically like, you know, we have to let go of perfectionism and anxiety as a lifestyle. You know, mm-hmm. like her 10 guideposts to wholehearted living, like just hit me at my Which core. Which are in your bathroom. Yes, they are. Um, but I mean my one of my best friends Kayla has always really like loved herself in like a really um genuine way that I feel like a lot of other people in my life have not and while she also I mean she obviously has her own journey and her own path with her relationship with herself I think like the the joy that she exudes and like the relationship that she has with herself like she just she doesn't when I lived with her, like, she just, like, didn't beat herself up the way that I would beat myself up, yeah, you know? that's so cool. Um, and it really helped, like, me realize that, like, I'm the one torturing myself. Yeah. No one else is, like, thinking these things or cares as much as I care about this. Oh, my God. How yeah. about you? Um, I feel like... I, okay, so I did, like... I don't know how to explain this. Okay. So I was in a relationship with this person... We started off as friends, eventually shifted into something else. And they would be like, like, I would go to the bank. And I before I'd go to the bank, I'd, like, draw my eyebrows on. Just in case, like, someone at the bank saw me and didn't, like, want to, like, not have my eyebrows done. And the person I was dating, they're like, what are you doing? Like, stop. And, like, they came over and, like, wiped them off. And, like, you're going to the bank without this. Like, you're going to be okay. And I was just like that person helped me in so many ways like overcome these weird ideas that I had like decided Mm -hmm. was what I had to be but then the next person I went and dated I never let them see me without makeup Mm. so it was like I learned that and then I like suppressed it right away Mm. like the next person I dated was when I was obsessed with the winged eyeliner and like worried about rain and was like really self-conscious about it but I've like gone in phases and I can finally say now that like each of those people like kind of played an important role in me like seeing those sides yeah yeah that makes sense 
I would say the person I'm with now really communicates just like adoration and like love for me in ways that like I have never received before. Yeah. But I think part of me being able to receive them is because I choose to also believe them about myself. Yeah, because otherwise like people can tell you things all they want, but mm-hmm. if you're not ready to hear it. Yeah. You know, because I have people close in my life that are just so obsessed with food mm-hmm. and what they're eating and what they're doing and it's like these people are beautiful mm-hmm. and I just want everyone so deeply to like find that level of self-love like whatever that looks like because otherwise you just exhaust yourself mm-hmm. you do and it's like this game that you're just never gonna win because at least for me when I was in like my darkest points of not finding myself attractive or not being comfortable in my body I just was like self-sabotaging every single Constantly. day and like you said like anxiety like that's just so true and I read this thing one time that said anxiety is pretty much um conspiracy theories against yourself yeah and the second I heard that I was like holy shit yeah that's exactly what it is but you're like oh well what if this what if that and it's like all these rabbit holes that you jump down and I think image in a lot of ways is shifting because we're expanding what we define as beautiful. Which is important. Which is cool. We're acknowledging a variety of different types of people. And we're like, hey, this is beautiful too. Like, why are we mm-hmm. like not fucking with this? But I think in a lot of ways that like opposite is that now we're exposed to so much more. Mm-hmm. So I think the level of like criticalness is higher. It, it's a double-edged sword, yeah. right? It's like we're being exposed to more faces, more bodies, and we're expanding that definition. We're also being bombarded with idea, Like like Instagram, for example, is just yeah. like if you don't curate or have boundaries around who you follow and like how you interact with your the, the platform, you can really send yourself into a shame spiral of unworthiness real quick. Oh my God. You know? Yeah. And I think that's another interesting way of looking at image. It's like, yeah, we have our body image, right? Like how we perceive our bodies. But then we also just have like our image, like how we're perceived by others, like publicly. And that's like, there's one way that happens like in person. And then there's this entirely different universe where it's happening like online. And so it's, it's super interesting to think about like, curating your image you know like having a lot like having a lot of control over like how you're perceived and what that looks like yeah and you know I think there's like a lot of conversation around like oh it must be vulnerable and blah 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 but it's like how many times did you take that photo before you posted it like how how many filters are on it in the edits and things like how vulnerable are we really being you know and I'm not saying I have the answer because I don't know and I and I think there's space for it all. I think it's all part of evolution and growth. It is just interesting because, like, our parents didn't have this, like, this problem growing up. Or, yeah. like, I don't even call it a problem. This, um, they didn't have this part of living. Yeah, this whole were. channel that we're constantly so aware of. And we've briefly mentioned this before, but each of us had years where we went at, without social media. Like and with, six months. Oh, oh, really? Oh, I thought we <laughs> You were years. Okay, I was years. And um, I enjoyed not making myself susceptible to that anymore because definitely, like, I see that so much now. And it's like you consciously choose to, like, acknowledge it. And then you decide from there, like, what you're going to do with that acknowledgement. Well, I think, too, and, like, 
how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you hate yourself in the real world, you're going to find ways to hate yourself online. You know, you're going to like what you're viewing is subjective because it comes through your worldview. So two people could look at the same post and one could be like, oh, she's so much better than me. And the other person would be like, oh, I'm so happy for her. And it (laughs) would just be a matter of your own, your own conversation with yourself. And basically what narrative are you supporting? Information comes in data comes in it's all you know it's just facts and then you you script the narrative from there and you get to use those facts in your in your favor neutrally or against you (laughs) you know yeah and so i'd say like yeah it's it it, there's so many so many it's like a prism there's like so many different ways that's a cool way to put it i don't even know if that there's good there's the you know good and bad and everything always i see it you see it yeah it's just like one of those things that we've you know decided to create i feel like humans we constantly create and then we discover mm-hmm. it's like we have all these channels all these platforms where we're like shouting into this void and now we're discovering like both the positives and negatives to what that looks like and i think image is one of the hugest parts of all of it i mean i i i definitely can't measure it but i'd say it, i know like i saw on my facebook the other day of someone I know posting like I've deleted my Instagram because every time I went on it I felt really bad about myself so I think like there are definitely people having conversations about like how these platforms because didn't you mention like I don't know if this is real oh yeah we we weren't sure if this is like an actual thing but I read something that said that Instagram was like testing the idea of having a template where you can't see how many followers someone has and you can't see how many likes someone has because there's like this wave and onset of people developing various types of depression based on their social media presence, which I get. We were talking about that with your business, mm-hmm. even with the podcast, where we're like, okay, we're creating this art that we're growing from and we appreciate. And X amount of people also are growing from and hopefully appreciating too. And we're trying to like monetize it and be like, we have this many Instagram followers. How do we get more followers? And it's mm-hmm. like, gosh it's just become this like rat race yeah so i think maybe like eliminating those factors it would be an interesting experience yeah because you could look at something for what it actually was Mm because think about how many things you see that you're like oh that's kind of cool and then you look and they have like you know 100 followers you're like oh you know all of a sudden they're like their credit goes lower but like why right it's like the um, social influence yeah we're like oh only a hundred people trust them because that's really what a huge part of social media is is building that relationship and trust with people right you're doing with people you've like in a lot of instances i've never met mm-hmm. never will meet and there's so many other people fighting and fighting for that same trust mm-hmm. but i think it could be a cool experiment and i think people may look at social media with a little bit more clarity if it wasn't such a numbers game but I don't know how they could like undo that you know like it'd be it, you know what I I say do it Instagram and we'll see what happens I'd be I'd definitely be curious right because then it's like yeah it'd just be interesting on about like how you perceive your own image from that point if you don't have the validation of numbers like to you know quantitize your worth if it was right. just inherent, <clears throat> it was if it was just about your content, you know. Yeah, because there's also isn't there like a like a hot dog that has like a trillion followers? <laughs> yeah, 
like just stupid shit like that you know there really is like i follow a lot of accounts where it's like cats getting rescued out of a well or something and they have like eight million followers i'm like just watching an alligator get rescued yeah from something it's like who's decided that now that i trust this because there's so many randos following it that now all of a sudden like this is worth my time well also bots you know yeah bots <laughs> anyway this was a really fun talk right yeah it was um guys uh that's it's gonna be that's gonna be the it for this episode so you yeah. can find us on twitter at life cycles pod you can find us on facebook at the life cycles the period podcast aka at life cycles podcast right instagram at life cycles podcast and you can email us at life cycles podcast at gmail.com <laughs> um and this has been life cycles the period podcast Thank you.